Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we stand before your throne of grace as your servant. Spirit of God, may you speak. May we hear. May we learn. May we be guided. May we be encouraged. May we find your grace for today and this week. Amen. Amen. We're going to talk about living for the Lord in stressful times. Living for the Lord in stressful times. In, if you can add, in an unfair world. A world that seems to be unfair in many ways when we look at the things that happen. But uh, how do we live as Christians? So, I want to share a little joke. And listen carefully. A man brought his sick dog to the vet. And the dog has stopped eating for a number of days and has stopped breathing. And so he brought the dog to the vet and asked if he can do anything. So the vet tried to resuscitate the dog. He did several times, but to no avail. And the man became so frustrated, the owner of the dog. And then the vet said, let's try one more thing. And he said, okay. So he brought a cat. And the cat walked by, and the dog shook, moved, and jumped, and ran up to the cat. Wow, that's ingenious, the owner said. How much do I owe you? The vet said, just a thousand dollars. Whoa, well... $50 for consultation, 950 for CAT scan. <laughs> Are you stressed? Let's read the Bible. Psalm 37, verses 1 through 11. Do not fret because of those who are evil. Or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy a safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him. And he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like dawn, your vindication like the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed. 
But those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. That's the word of the Lord. Are you stressed? Do you know of someone who has experienced stress? You know, one morning as I was eating breakfast in one of the chain restaurants in America called the Village Inn, I saw this sign on the wall. Did you know that stress is dessert turned backwards? Let's have some desserts. Yeah. <laughs> now David, the writer of this psalm, is no stranger to stress. He did everything right for King Saul, yet Saul sought relentlessly to kill him. And we can find that in 4 Samuel 23 through 24, verse 22. David's son rebelled against him, and David had to flee from him. David's experience in all his life, as we see in 37.25, David says, I was young, and now I'm old, and I've never seen the Lord forsake his people. That's a man of experience. As a man who has seen God walk. So David is a perfect teacher to help us respond to stressful times in our lives, in our works, in our families, as we live in a world that seems unfair. So in this passage, he has two sections. One, he gives us the negative, how not to live. When you're stressed, when you think about all the evil things going around in our world. And then he gives us a positive principles. So let's start with a negative. Number one, don't worry. Don't fret. Shahash, fear, concern for something to the point of emotional strength. Now this is not Hakuna Matata. You know? <laughs> You watch The Lion King, don't worry, you know. Life is all going to be fine. This is not what David is saying here. All right? Neither is it the song, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> no. David is saying here, don't get yourself all worked up when you see evil around you and you don't seem to get anywhere. Don't let it burn you up. Secondly, he says, don't envy wrongdoers. Don't envy them. Oh, you see them, they are so successful. They are so prosperous. And they are not doing anything. They are not going by God's rule. And you wonder. Don't envy them, he says. Don't envy them. Don't focus on the problems and the fears. Don't be upset. 
overly concerned to where you have mental strain. It is fruitless. Number three, David says, don't get angry. Verse eight, don't get angry. Our anger often is a lack of trust. Our anger at the evil around us or the the circumstances we face that are so heavy sometimes takes God off the throne and makes us the ones that will say, well, this is not fair, God. I wish you could do it this way. Well, he doesn't listen to you or to me either. He's still the judge. He's still the God Almighty. When we get angry, when things go wrong, and we think we can change it, no. But sometimes the Targon says our anger is really, you know, Lord, if you can just let me have a little bit of what they have and do the things they do, you know, that I can get away with it. And God says, Mm-mm. because there is an end. And David says in chapter 37, 8b, don't get angry because it leads only to evil. The last part of verse 8, it leads to evil. So those are three negatives. Don't worry. Don't envy. Don't be angry. When you are stressed, when you see the wickedness around you, don't be angry. Don't be envious. And don't let it burn you up. Now, David has another side. You see, the world says, don't worry, be happy. You know, Lion King says, no problem. Well, that's where they stop. That's why I like this book. It gives me a balanced view and perspective. So David comes here to this portion of the chapter, and let's notice something. You know, if you have your Bibles, you will notice that from chapter 37, verses 3 to 8, to 9 actually, David uses the word, the Lord, Five times. And he also uses the personal pronoun him, he, five times. What is he saying there? You know, the five times he uses the word Lord in verse 3, verse 4, verse 5, verse 7, and verse 8. And then the him, he, verse 4, verse 5, verse 6, and verse 7. What is David saying here? As he transitions from saying don't, 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 he wants us to have a God-centered, balanced perspective of the things around us. The circumstances you and I face today are not new. The struggles that we go through today are not anything new. 
other Christians have gone through those. But God calls us to have a perspective. Let's just not concentrate on, oh, they are so successful. Oh, they seem to be doing all right. Oh, God, I'm the only one suffering. David says, listen, there is a better perspective. And so he calls us to leave six qualities, positive qualities. In verse 3, the first part, he says, trust in the Lord. So live in trust. In the first part of 3 and verse 5, trust in the Lord. What does that mean? This translation literally in verse 3 is, we are in a situation where we are face down on the ground and there's no other help. Only the Lord's. This is not a hollow slogan. You know, you often hear people tell you, oh, trust the Lord, brother. Oh, trust the Lord, sister. This is not a hollow slogan. This is not a mantra, a meaningless mantra. But David is saying it's a deliberate action that we are called to live by when we face Difficult times, or when we see issues around us that we don't like. Trust, live in trust. Commit, used in verse 5, means to roll. And Peter put that straight as we ask our sister Lucy to read Peter, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Where's the mic? Yeah, okay. Okay. Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. Thank you. That's what David is saying here. Commit your ways. So that's the trust aspect. Trust in God's goodness, it never fails. Trust in God's power to carry you. Let's hear David read Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 to 18 for us. Thank you. That is complete trust. God is able to carry us through this, whatever you are going to put us in. But we will not bow. The trusted in God's care, the trusted in God's power, the trusted in God's goodness, that is what David is calling us to. Not only does he want us to live in trust, number two, he wants us to live consistently. Chapter 37, verse 3b. Do good. Do good. Live always in doing what God has put you or placed you to be. Live consistently. 
do good. Don't let people's sin or their prosperity or your circumstances define you. I am a Christian no matter what comes my way. You are a Christian. You are a child of God no matter what burden is on you right now. Let Satan tell you otherwise, but you tell him to his face, I am a child of God. Don't let that define you. Do good. Lift someone else's up in your time of fret, worry, or stress. You know, for some of us, when life is bleak, we tend to hold and withdraw. But David is saying, do good and live in the land. Number three, live in his delight. Live in his delight. 37 verse 4a, delight yourself in the Lord. Take delight in the Lord. Take delight. Delight here means to pamper, to find pleasure in. You know, you go back to that dessert. Many of us like dessert because it's sweet. (laughs) But David is saying, take delight in the Lord. And what does that mean? Oh, find pleasure in this book. In times of difficulty, in times of stress, find pleasure in this book. In nature, the psalmist says, heaven and earth declares the firmament of the Lord. Set your hearts and minds and desires more on him, on his world, from other Christians. This is not a blanket promise at the end of that verse, he says, and he will give you the desires of your heart. No, he says, according to his will and for our good. So, David says, live in trust, live consistently, live in his delight, but live in submission. Commit your way. That means the way there is your lifestyle. Live in submission. Not that God is ignorant of our ways, but we obediently follow his lead his direction, and we depend on his strength and power. But we also give him the glory for whatever the outcome, like the children, the Hebrew children. Send us to that fiery furnace, O king. God is able. But if he lets us be born, he's still God. Glory be to him. Live in submission. The fifth principle and good quality, live in patience. Chapter 37, verse 7 and verse 8. Be still before the Lord. But that is difficult for many of us. It's hard to be still in this rushing world. <laughs> we want on the go. David is saying, wait a minute. Take time to think through what is going on. And God might be saying something. God might be onto something. Listen to him. Rest in his wisdom. He knows the end game. He knows the end game. He knows the people who seem to be successful now or are not doing anything for his will, 
Their end is sure. They're going to be like grass. It's here today, gone tomorrow. He knows the end game. Trust his wisdom. Rest in it. Number six, live in humility. For the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. Verse 11. Living in humility here means we do not become the judges of the unfairness in our world or of the things happening to us. Living in humility means we become aware of our own inadequacies apart from God. But at the same time, we recognize our adequacy in Christ, who is our all in all. Meekness here is not talking about weakness. It's talking about a strong horse, wounded, but yet powerful and following his master's command. What are you going through today? What is this that keeps you worrying? What is it? I don't know. But hear David's advice. When we are faced with stressful moments, when we live in a world that seems to be not caring, but yet prospering, let us live in trust. Let us live consistently. Let us live in his delight. Let us live in submission. Let us live in patience. Live in humility. At one point or another, we all face moments of stress. We live in a world where we see the ungodly get ahead and often seem successful, even though they flout the rules of God for living. And we wonder, why? Why? We just become a new year. I don't know what changes are coming next week in my life or in your life. I don't know what challenges are waiting for me or for you. What will our circumstances be two hours from from today? Next month, in the middle of the year, I don't know. One thing I know, I am a child of God. You are a child of God. He is going to be there for you and for me. And Isaiah gives us a strong advice. I want us to note that as Brother Solomon reads Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4 for us. Thank you, brother. Let's pray. 
Lord, take us through this week, this month. May we be reminded that you never fail us, you never change. Guide us and keep us as your children. And we pray for friends and families who may not know you. We ask that you redirect their paths to you. In the name of Jesus and for your glory. Amen.